Welcome everyone to a new episode of MarTechno Beats, a podcast series from Netcore Solutions. MarTechno Beats is a platform where leaders share their experiences and their vision on the future of marketing technology. I'm Srijit, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we have a special guest from Vietnam, Ms. Annabel Nguyen. She's the growth marketing lead at Chotot. Chotot is the largest marketplace in Vietnam. Hello, Annabel. Thank you so much for taking time. Very excited and eager to be your host in this episode. Hello, Srijit. Um, it's my honor and yeah, to be here to discuss with you on my techno bit. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure to be your host. Uh, Annabel, it has been exactly one week since uh, Vietnam Women's Day. Uh, women have always been a source of inspiration for the family and society. Uh, and my first question starts from there. Uh, can you please share your journey in the e-commerce industry uh, leading up to your current role? Uh, sure. Um, my background is in digital advertising agency with the focus on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since this time, I have always realized that the job part that made me happiest is when analyzing data collected from campaigns, seeing some patterns or insight emerged from that, and later use that data to produce meaningful solutions for brands. So in 2017, I'm living, I, live, I left digital advertising agency, started my own business. I failed. But also at that moment, I um, met Chetot. That was quite funny because Chetot was actually once of my startup client before. I did an elevator pitch there when introducing business to, to them. So when they had the positions of growth open they contacted me to ask if i want to be a part of the founding teams at the moment they call it like growth team so right. of course i took it still very unclear about what i would do there so in when i took the position it was um 2018 and growth is absolutely a new term that most people would associate it with like digital marketing or performance marketing it was scary to be honest, to start a very not much guidance, let alone market examples. But that is also the thing that makes me excited the most because there is absolutely no boundary for the scope of what we would do in the growth team. We aim for growth in specifically user base of thought, and that is what driving me and the team forward every day. Amazing. In fact, your your journey has been more of a zigzag journey but the best part of it is every at every stages of your failure you have been able to rise yourself or even whenever there has been no uh, clear direction you have been able to create a direction and then uh, have a have a very strong focus to the um, job that you intend to do and uh, which is also leading to the passion of uh, uh, into the data and customer yes yeah exactly i think <laughs> It's just like following what made you the most happy and the part just kind of like presented itself. And I guess I was um, a little bit lucky as well. <laughs> I mean, uh, luck favors the brave. I think you have been brave enough to learn from your mistakes and then still uh, grow from wherever you have 
paused. Uh, that that's amazing story uh, and your growth journey, uh, Annabel. Uh, I I could relate one of the most important element that you mentioned is from your Toto's existing customers, and at the same time, another keyword that I could take was uh, you having a very strong passion towards the data. Uh, today, when we look into the key KPI of any organization, uh, it has been customer lifetime value, the CLTV. Uh, when customer, today, when we talk about customer acquisition, it, it is outstripping the customer lifetime value. And many online business are adopting a new strategy called customer retention is the new acquisition. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, very interesting questions. And I wouldn't think that we could think of retentions only when acquisition costs be outstripping. In fact, I think retention should always be a part of our growth plan since the beginning, actually. Focus solely on acquisition will indeed cause a dangerous challenge for business in the long run. Firstly, it's what we call growth illusions. When you are like too happy to look at the growing line of new users that you have just acquired and thought that your product is doing well while actually losing users. Secondly, acquisitions doesn't let you know that your product is desired by, by users. People may download the application just like out of curiosity, but retention does tell you this. So if you see that your product retention is lower than the natural frequency of users, for example, like if you have the mobile applications of newspapers and you know that people read newspaper every day, but you always see that people use your app like once or twice a week, you should really want to look at your product and, and find out why. And only retention metrics can, can tell you about that. Acquisition costs, acquisitions cannot. So as being said, retention is built upon product core values Hence, it should always have been considered seeing product, uh, seeing the very first beginning phase of, of the product itself. Very true. If I, if I do a follow-up to that question today, whether it's a new customer or existing customer, uh, they are present across multiple channels. Uh, they are engaging with uh, organizations using web, app, uh, retail, multiple other channels are available. Now it's it's now become ever challenging to stitch the data. And I'm pretty much sure you would have also uh, come across. Uh, you are also in this stage. Uh, how has been uh, working for you? Um, I agree with the part that is ever challenging to really stitching the data between between users and and for us in thought it's also posing a very big challenge in the last few years. And this is even more difficult for us as a platform and we don't re really require users to log in when using our platforms so they can come um, like anonymous using our platform and, and leave. So uh, when we talk about data stage, data stage will enable us to switch from a device-centric view to user-centric. Uh, a simple case would be something like um, if we know user Let's name him like um, Kevin, for example. So Kevin is using our platform on desktop during workday, but he also browses on our platform at weekends on his phone as well. 
So the challenge is how could we know that is it one cabin, but not like two different person to ensure that we could serve them the best personalized content. So in Chatot, uh, we have kind of like tackled this from two different aspects. The first solution is like we converting we converting from mobile web user to app user through banners placed on our mobile site, mobile site. So using attribution tool and like deep linkings um, embedded in that banners, we are able to track and mapping user ID after they install the app and continue personalized, feeding them personalized content quite smoothly. So we are able to match between um, mobile users and the app user. The second nice. solution is we can using tools and technologies. Um, in total, we are also exploring several options, including something like a Tilium audience stream map using mutual identifier like emails or Facebook ID to stitch the data of one person. Or um, I know that something called Adobe Adobe Cross Device Analytics or Branch. So there are actually many tools out there, and I really encourage you guys to stick for the solution that suits you and your products the best. It's a very interesting thought. Um, again, I could take two to three points, which is very uh, strong. Uh, when I look over here, one of the strong points that you had um, positioned is moving ahead from just a device point of view to a customer point of view. And when the customer is there across the, uh, you know, uh, the channels, whether it, uh, across the mediums, whether it's a web or app, how can we ensure that we are able to personalize and increase uh, the engagement, like for example, converting web to app through a personalized communication. Now, over here, do you think one-to-one -one personalization, one-to-one -one customer specific personalization is still a dream or a reality for many? Um, so we have mentionings about personalizations and some of the terms also call it like personified personifications. So personalizations, I have to say, is a very powerful concept. So it's easy to name the benefit that personalization could bring us, like we have higher conversion rate, we have stronger engagement with our users in both like frequency and intensity aspect. So personalization also enables a user to get to aha moment much quicker without them have to do too manually customize. So Achieving personalization is difficult, but achieving personalization in scale is even challenging. But I think like with the power of data, um, marketing technology tools and product dynamics, we are actually able to provide our user with some kind of um, some personalization in, in some degree um, in both communications and, and the content on the site itself. So the first example is um, we are using machine learning to recommend products that are, that users are looking for. So it depends on the stage of user, like we collect data uh, to really understand that what stage of user are in and their shopping behavior. We are able to recommend, recommend the product that they are looking for, our product that they might interest and want to explore. And the second example um, of personalization we are doing here is through what we call user relationship management. So URM, we include uh, push notifications, email, in-app, or SMS. 
So we we kind of like striving for a personalization in communication through the most simple ones, and we kind of mentions you the name um, on on the specific push notification so that we make them feel like this specific push notification is for them. Um, to a more complicated things like we have, uh, we do open API to, um, for example, like weather uh, weather app or certain uh, regions um, to make sure that the push notification you really like customize for them in specific language, in specific uh, region, in specific weather is actually so that they feel like the content is um, directly to them. And also the most sophisticated one that we are using is what we call personal shopping assistant where we place different support um, tools along purchase journeys to help users find the right items in the most effective way. Um, a simple example could be like, based on our model and the data that we are able to collect, we know that the user, like let's use Kevin that we have just mentioned in the previous um, questions. Um, we know like Kevin is likely researching the market instead of uh, buying the specific item so we i we we um provide him with a tool calling the price comparison so that he can be like easier uh to collect more information that he needed on had been set automatically to trigger by uh, and trigger by user actions or stage of user to ensure these real-time services um that's not interesting yes we still have long way to optimize it and I don't think that this process will ever stop. So it's like every day optimizing and providing new things. So what about you? I think like Netcall also having a lot of clients using personalizations. Um, is there any interesting case study that, that really impressed you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, before that, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that thoughts. I mean, uh, machine learning, uh, is is the um, path to create more meaningful engagement with our customers and that is exactly where we are also uh, investing heavily uh, in the recent uh, one and a half two years when we talk about our uh, in, in uh, big bets we have been betting heavy on uh, customer experience uh, which is powered by ai and ml uh, there are multiple modules and features in Smart Tech, I mean, which is our uh, marketing engagement platform. Uh, uh, one of the engagement is we can predict what is the customer likely to buy or consume next. Like what is the next best product that should be pitched to the customer? That's something that we are doing. At the same time, uh, we are also, the machine is also learning quite a lot in terms of predicting the user behavior. That is how likely is the customer going to stop using the app? How likely? who are the next set of customers who are going to buy the product, those kind of predictive modeling. And we recently have started investing about investing on insights also. Like for example, why are customers uninstalling the app? Why are customers, uh, why, why is the revenue down on a particular date? So those kind of AI powered uh, insights is something that we have been investing heavily and it's available in the product also. So uh, very happy to hear that uh, Chutut is also, uh, investing heavily on machine learning uh, and uh, using the power of uh, AI and ML uh, to the advantage uh, to uh, give a great user experience. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think machine learning is um, will be our focus and our investment in the upcoming years um, because it's, it's just like, um, it's upgrade our games. It's help yeah. us to serve our user in a much better way and in a much effective way as well. Very true, very true. I will deviate the questions a little uh, outside. I mean, this, this year has been a unique uh, challenge in terms of business um, due to certain factors and known factors. What has been the approach uh, to create a balance between your team and the business? How can you share a few good uh, you know, implementations or good uh, uh, practices that can ensure that your team is also happy at the same time the business is also well aligned? Uh, so, yeah. Thank you. Um, so I think this year has been a unique challenge um, for both uh, the business in thought and, and team management. And I think um, since 2012, uh, it's the year that thought um, established officially in Vietnam. 2020 is like the most challenging years that we have dealt with. Um, so although Vietnam has done an exceptionally good job in con controlling the epidemic, we still experience like nearly two months working from home. But of course, it's like nothing compared to the other countries. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that some some of you guys still have to work like six months or even like eight months until now. <laughs> so really, I really feel you guys. Um, to be honest, the experience of working from home is not as bad as I expected. The team actually worked quite smoothly with each other. Uh, we're still able to launch campaigns and features um, very much on time. We even experienced a little leap up in productivity, actually. So um, how could we do that? So um, the thing here is like we are utilizing the tools provided for us. Um, as much as possible, we have, we, we have like chit chat on, on um, Google Hangout. Um, as a bonding times, we the Asia teams also join also parties uh, um, organize a lot of like online challenge online online mini games and kind of things. So the whole team is joining in that. So even though we are not really able to meet each other physically, um, it doesn't mean that we are not able to connect with each other. And I think like the exceptional and unprecedented times have given us um, to really like. Um, being slowed down and look into what were the most important things for our teams um, and really like utilize um, the, the core values of the team that, that we had just built. Um, yeah, that um, Have really you run much. for uh, the best leader uh, contest? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think like, I don't know, in, in thought it's actually like the cultures of the of, of the whole company is like this. The uh, leader take care of the teams, but also we expect the independence in, in the team member as well. So we train people to really like work well in team, but all can work independently as well. Wonderful. Good to hear that. Uh, maybe one of my final questions, my final question, what are the three things that brands or marketeers should focus in 2021, um, specifically in a fast-growing market in uh, like Vietnam. 
that is an interesting question and a very difficult one as well. <laughs> I personally think that it very much depends on the industry that you are operating in to see what you should focus on. But um, in general, if we have to choose like three things to focus on in 2021, it would be um, the first things I think would be agility. So it's like flexibility right. to stay relevant to, to the market, to the uh, situations. So we are in an unprecedented times, like chaotic times um, with a lot of sudden changes that happen in a, like overnight. Not only talking about the pandemic things, but also in the sense of technology disruptions. So what I'm thinking we should do is like a flexible structures while keeping a North Star metric we enable both brands and marketers react to the changes of environment and market uh, swiftly while make sure that they are staying on track. The second thing I think might be um, data informed. I love this one, like data is powerful. We all know that. In 2021, I think it's fundamental for brands and marketers to really upgrade your game, not only about how to collect data, but also about how to turn data into actionable insights and solutions. And one more thing is like, be careful not to be in the trap of what we call like analysis paralysis. I heard many marketers share about how data-driven cultures or what aspire to be data-driven has indeed, indeed become a barrier for them to move things forward because oh. they have to say, provide so many data to really prove one thing before making it into production. So just avoid that, um, embrace the power of data, but don't let it overwhelm you. Hmm. Um, and the third part I think is like always in an exploratory mode, like always go out and explore things. And I think this should be built in DNA of every brand and marketers, especially when you're operating in a fast growing market like Vietnam, there is always something new surprising me every day. It could be new technology, it could be new channel, it could be new opportunities, or even new user behavior that we just found out. So um, what we should do is like, just be curious, go explore as much as you can. Yeah, I think that pretty much like three things that doesn't matter what industry that you are operating in, um, every brand and marketer should pay attention to. Amazing data. I mean, one I can I I can quickly summarize like agility, embrace the power of data, and also always be in exploratory mode. Uh, exactly. Very points, uh, uh, Annabelle. I think it has been a great. Uh, 20, 23 minutes of hours uh, where you have been able to share your experience. And also I what I could hear from you is not just experience, the experience that you have implemented in your day-to-day -day life. That's something that was very important to hear from a leader like you. Uh, and that winds my uh, questions and we are heading to the end of uh, the episode. Uh, we thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and experiences. I'm, I'm very confident uh, that many aspirants and leaders will take note of your uh, thoughts. Uh, thank you so much, Annabelle. Thank you so much, uh, Sriti uh, and, and Netcoy for having me to, uh, to share what my thought is about um, marketing technologies and, and in the market. Um, 
it's, it's a really good discussion with you. Pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much. And for our audience, till we meet.